Okay, with Diane Ducharme, Outer Bankers is the screenplay. It's a teleplay, uh, winner at the Female Feedback Film Festival. We did a best seed reading of it. It's a really interesting film because it's about the daughter of a plantation owner and her kind of figuring out that maybe her dad's business is not uh how would you how would you describe it his dad's business is not really something that she ideologically agrees with i guess right right well um she goes through um some changes well i should tell you that this um is a pilot based on it's actually an adaptation based on my novels oh okay that <laughs> that that uh actually my first novel came out in 2010 and it was published by Crown Random House. Um, so I actually have two novels after that, which made it a trilogy. Um, and it's based on the same characters. So this is this is an adaptation um, based on the first novel. Um, and I always thought it would make a cool um, screenplay. So that's why I decided to do it. And um, you I thought it would make a cool series because I have so much material and I had a lot of feedback on the characters. Um, so anyway, back to your original question. Um, my main character, Abigail, is the daughter of a plantation owner. And um, it's right after the Civil War, it's Reconstruction. And um, things have changed a lot for them, obviously, because they have lost their slave labor. And um, they've moved for the summer to a house on the Outer Banks. So I don't know if anyone knows what the Outer Banks are. You've probably seen them on the Weather Channel. Um, Cape Hatteras is part of the Outer Banks and they always get hit by the hurricanes first. But um, they're a chain of barrier islands that stretch along the North Carolina coast, basically from Virginia all the way down the coast of North Carolina. And um, they're just really skinny barrier islands and they're, they're very uh, fragile and, and beautiful. Um, and back in the day, they were they were a vacation a vacation resort area um, for these plantation owners, um, and they would go there and actually bring their families as well as their slaves and like animals, like chickens and cows, um, and stay there for the summer. Um, but after the Civil War, um, they started building houses right on the ocean side, and that was new. Um, and so the, my family, the Sinclairs, um, built a house right on right on the ocean. So that um, is uh, the basis for this for this teleplay. So you're. Um, so you, I was just going to say that you have you can go up. You, you can buy your your books on Amazon or other uh, avenues. But you have three trilogies. A trilogy: Outer Banks, correct. the novel, Return to the Outer Banks House, and then Home to the Outer Banks House. So right. this becomes a TV series. There's, you have lots of material, I guess, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It can go on for years. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'm hoping at least three seasons. <laughs> and it's also, but from a standpoint, it's like a very kind of interesting, it's important, it's an important kind of subject in terms of like kind of today's world that we live in, in the South, it's like, and like, you know, from from the perspective of, of her father, kind of like he's in the, he's in the Kulats clan, correct? That's, that's right. He's not, he's not at first, but 
um, the conditions in North Carolina, well, and throughout the South were uh, so bad for these um, former <laughs> Confederates. For them, yeah. That, yeah. that they There's, there's were, not much sympathy, right? So but I get it, yeah. Right, right. Um, that they felt like they had little alternative but to join this, um, you know, domestic terrorism, as we yeah. know it now, group. Um, and they just, you know, wanted to strike fear into um, the hearts and minds of these recently enslaved Free people. Um, black people. Um, so they wouldn't vote and, um, you know, they'd get back to work on the plantations and um, just get the South out of, out of their dire straits financially. So, so it's not the same as today. I'm not gonna say it's the same as today. But there's a lot of similarities that's happening in terms of uh, in terms of gerrymandering, in terms of like undermining uh, a minority kind of culture to not voting, and uh, and basically people like it. Also, the the one that intrigues me the most, and probably intrigues the audience most, is that is that a family member that you love is just not someone that you agree with ideologically, and it's not even just that; it's something that you kind of struggle with that love because someone is so doing something that you just so don't agree with and which is a very common family issue that's happening in the United States now too. Again, it's not the same thing, but there's, there's lots of parallels and, and thematics happening with your script and with in today's world. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, she, she actually doesn't become aware of what really her father um, is going through until um, the end of the novel. Um, and it would and it would be revealed to her at the end of the series. Um, and so that that's actually like a separate storyline um, that I thought would be interesting for him um, to watch him go through and kind of spiral downward into this um, Ku Klux Klan sort of life. And um, he actually is trying to find a former slave of his who is actually living a new life on Roanoke Island, which is part of the Outer Banks. And you might've heard of Roanoke Island. Um, it was the site of the Lost Colony, <laughs> which was like, you know, famous American history. Um, you know, they, they uh, I won't get into, get into it. I'm, I'm not an expert on the Lost Colony by any means, but um, anyway, it's the same location. Um, and this is a totally different colony, but uh, it was called the Freedmen's Colony. And um, this is actually another interesting aspect of my script um, because it it's this really interesting um, settlement that uh, was forming uh, during the Civil War um, when Union forces took control of the Outer Banks and Roanoke Island in particular, um, the, the slaves in the surrounding areas had heard that Roanoke Island was union controlled and they had, they, they just made a beeline for this island. And before you knew it, there were, you know, a few thousand people living on this tiny island um, for protection um, and just, you know, freedom. And, uh, it was such a problem really that the federal government had to step in and, and send um, missionaries down and 
it actually became a really productive um, settlement with schools and churches. And they actually bought a, a steam um, sawmill and shipped it down there um, so that they would have um, a, a lumber and, you know, but they actually, they'd actually taken the land um, of these Confederates that weren't there. They were all fighting. Mm -hmm. So that's one way that they were able to, to make this settlement. Um, they were the federal government um, basically just confiscated the land. Um, so when the war was over, this really productive, um, hopeful settlement um, kind of came to an end because the Confederate soldiers came home and if they could prove titles to their land, they got it back. And these uh, former slaves um, were really encouraged to head back to the mainland and find other work and to leave. Um, this place that they called home for a few years. So anyway, that's that's actually a huge part of my script. And I really wanted to bring that into it um, even more than I did so in my novels, um, because I just thought it was like I read something somewhere. It was it's it was called a like a rehearsal for reconstruction, mm -hmm. because um, I just thought that was really a good way of putting it, because um, Reconstruction hadn't really happened yet. And it was just kind of like, how would you how would you go about educating um, the freed slaves? How would you go about assigning them land um, and training them in uh, work that they can do um, and make money at, you know, uh, other than what they were trained to do, which was maybe laboring on a plantation. Understanding, understanding you know? society, right? Understanding how to. Exactly. Out society that's a human being yeah so, yeah exactly how would you and they actually had a little experiment how to how to self-govern um you know it was like that those kinds of things that were occurring in this in this freedman's colony um, it's, it's something that you haven't seen much on on, on the screen like that those stories exactly. yeah i thought it would be cool to show a little bit of that i mean in when when i was in my time period which is 1868 um it's kind of on the it's kind of closing down and they're kind of losing hope. Um, and that's when my character, Abigail, um, decides that she's going to teach there. So she's actually gone through some um, changes, some major, major changes in her own self-awareness. Um, she's already starting to teach um, her, her former, her family's former slaves. So that shows up in my, in my pilot as well. Um, she realizes that they really need an education. They want an education. Um, and then she ends up uh, finding out about this colony through her love interest, Ben, um, who she's teaching as well. Um, her family encouraged her to teach him. And yeah. so they, they end up going over to this colony and she, she decides she's going to do that. Um, and then obviously there's a conflict um, with her dad, her, you know, yeah. With, with the Ku Klux Klan who has zeroed in on this colony at the same time. So there's also so. the fact that a lot of these men in that generation, they lost the war too, right? They lost like, oh, yeah. and it's that, that ego or that emotion that they have to carry. Yeah. They, they have like the, the new world that they lost kind of in a sense, right? Yeah. So then yeah. the world war, like the civil war ended in 1865, I think, I right. think. So then you, yours is said like three less, like less than three years later. Yeah. So there's still that kind of pain of like that ego, that male, whatever you want to call it. 
of just like their life is never going to be the same for them again. They're like, it's almost like, yeah, it's like, the it's like a whole, it is a whole new world for everybody. And everyone's still uh, having trouble adjusting to that, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, like, yeah, it's like, like you don't see this. You don't see that time documented. So I know. I thought it would make a really cool um, series. I mean, and I, I I thought it would be relevant and I tried to write it so that it would be entertaining because I don't, I don't like watching things myself that are really like didactic and like you're shoving history down people's throats. I mean, you want to make it like, you want to make the dialogue pop and spicy and you want to make the characters really complex and interesting and, you know, not boring and you know you want to make it like fun to watch you know and you want to like by the by the ocean you, you want to have like cool um settings and shots of the ocean and it's gorgeous there um you know my family had a place there for many years and we vacationed there so I know it really well so what was um, the biggest like uh from from book to 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 stage plays from book to screenplay it's a little bit of an adjustment, right? You have to like stare <laughs> down the characters. You have to like yeah. write less, kind of like visualize more, right? It's more of a visual. Like how was that process? Yeah, yeah. I actually really enjoyed writing um, the script. It was it was fun. Um, it was a totally different style of writing, which I liked. Because um, I don't I don't know. I mean, I I grew up reading and watching a lot of like TV and movies and stuff. And so I think I was able to make that transition to more of more visual writing style. Um, but I did read a couple of books about how to do it. And I just kind of like kept everything in mind, all of the things that you're supposed to keep in mind. And um, <clears throat> I actually got coverage from another film festival um, before I submitted it to you guys. Um, and I sort of got some feedback from them uh that was helpful too so just it was more like i don't know <laughs> just dealing with trying to keep the focus on one character in the yeah. pilot instead of spreading it around and like making it an ensemble cast um they the person the reader wanted it to be more abigail driven instead of like that makes sense everybody you know um having a storyline there needs to be a point uh, of view, right? So the point of view is right. her character, which is the obvious point of view you want. Because she's she's looking up, she's seeing the world, she's a woman. That's right. Yeah, so like that's yeah. the perfect point of view. Like, because you can't make it from the dad's point of view. No. <laughs> yeah. I know, but it's like he's, he. everyone has their part to play. I think that's that was one thing that I wanted the series to, to have was more of a, an ensemble feel because each of the characters I think is so, I, I have so much material, you know, it's like, I, I know everything. I know everyone's storylines because they can go, they go on and on. So it's like, it was hard for me to sort of narrow it down, but Abigail is the driver. She's, she's always in the driver's seat. Yeah. Um, so that was helpful feedback for me. And also they did say, I forgot about this, um, that it read more like a play. Yeah, And I think what they meant was um, they didn't move around very much. It was like, I, I kind of kept them in the same locations too long and they wanted them to have more movement. And now I'm very aware of that when I'm watching TV or 
whatever I, I'm aware that it is they do cut a lot more um, from location to location and it kind of keeps the viewer interested um, and it's a visual what's medium. going on. Especially when there's people talking, you want to kind of move from different like in in the in each location has to have a thematic kind of parallel to what the story in the episode and what the story is about, right? There's got to be something right. else happening visually to kind of match the plot and the theme, right? So, right, yeah. So, anyway, I'm still learning. No, it's a, it's another it's know? another form of writing. It's a it's a whole like it is it is. I really really for, like it. It's a blueprint for a handoff to the producers and the directors, right? So it's like your your novel is like you're of course you're gonna deal with an editor, but it's your it's your story, you're kind of driving this the story, right? You're not handing right. it off to anybody. It's like this is sort of a handoff, right? You're gonna you have a good blueprint for a good TV show. You wanna make sure it's, right. it's sound for the actors, for the cinematographers, for the director who's everybody's reading your script, right? So right. Yeah, it's a process. It is. It is. I I really enjoy it. Um, I mean, I can write all of the scripts. I actually started into episode two, and I was like, I need, I need to stop. That's amazing. <laughs> no, it seems like you're. That's but that's how you get better, right? You get like you keep. That's true. That's true. We're talking. I, 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 we're talking. my mind. I was like, I could write them all out and just get, like practice, you know. But you, you obviously you wrote a good script. You wrote a good pilot. That's why we're talking. As I was just going to say. So basically, you're on your way. So it's something that, we, like, ideally, what would you hope for with this script? You would just, like give it to to an agent, a producer, in an yeah. ideal world. I would. I, I would like to get it in front of um, either of those people. I mean, obviously, I, I have an agent, but he's a literary agent. <laughs> He or she knows other agents. They can help you out. He does. I'm sure he does. Um, yeah. So he, he is a possibility. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I'm not sure how things are done. So um, <laughs> I'm open to advice. <laughs> no, but meaning, well, I guess from an agent point of view, the, the big money is in TV, right? That's like... You're gonna make you know, like you're gonna make some money, maybe uh, selling books, but it's the rights yeah. to the TV, right? Like that's right, that's right. Yeah, these big novelists <laughs> didn't make. Stephen King doesn't live in a mansion because of his novels. He makes it because of the adaptations, right? So <laughs> you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's uh, yeah, he's he's an unusual case. Um, you know, well, I'm just, I'm sorry, I just made the most famous like example. I'm just because I, but there's yeah, exactly. I know, I know. John Grisham. I know. These days, you're, you're really lucky if you can even get a, a, your book published. I mean, it's, it's very, uh, it's hard to do. Well, everybody's into Audible now. Everybody's listening into listening to the novel now. Yeah, I know. I've, I have a lot of friends. They're like, oh, I just listen to it. I, I you know, I'm. I'm definitely a reader, um, and I'm uh, listening is not in my wheelhouse. Um, <laughs> if I if I can read a book, then that's that's how the information will be imparted. Gotcha. Yeah, it's, 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 there's different personalities. I gotcha. But at least there's other options though for people to to absorb. Uh, books i guess right there's that yeah one. my first my first novel is uh on audible is it it is yeah 
Yeah. I will, I will, I will do it right now. I have a bunch of credits. I will order it right now and listen awesome. to it. Awesome. I, listen to why I work a lot from the computer and I listen to a lot of novels. Well, oh, great. Yeah. Great. It's the only way I can, I have to want, I want to write a book, read a book a week. And it's the only way I can do it is, is uh, I can't do it. I can't sit down and do it. Yeah, sitting there. I know. I know. Yeah. That's, That's good. good. And it's faster too, Thank right? You. you can get it. You can get it in 10 hours. Yeah. Well, I wish you the best of luck. This is fantastic. It's a fantastic pilot. I think it's a really so solid idea. And like I said, it's because it has a thematic uh, tie line to today's world. It's also something that, unfortunately, people don't know enough about. I know yeah. they probably, it's it's talked about, obviously, in school, but maybe not in Florida. That was just a bad joke. But um, but basically, uh, you know what I mean? But it's like, it's not, but the, the minutia of what hap took place isn't, and this is what your script's about. It's about, like, what happened after. Because everybody knows, like, Lincoln and the Civil War and freeing slaves, all the bullet points, right? But it's more about, right. like, what really took place here and what, how people felt and what, and then setting yeah. up the next generation of racists, basically, right? That's, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I think it's important to understand that time period because everything was so new and fresh, and it was so hopeful for um, the African Americans. And um, you know, we could have done so much more. And um, I just think it's important to understand that. And uh, use it just going forward you know it, you could learn a lot just i think understanding that and learning that um it's then so. lyndon johnson's uh famous civil rights bill was in eight is in 1968 so it's a full 100 years right i know yeah so, yeah i know i mean like it, it's really it is, right? a tragedy that it had to go that way um but that's just the way it went. Okay. I wish you the best of luck. I just found your book on Audible. I have a credit. Yay. And, uh, and I will listen. Thank to you. Because I've already read the script. Awesome. So I hope you like it. it. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully you get a piece of that. All right. Book. Thank you so much for this opportunity, Matthew. Thank you so much. And we'll talk soon, either when you win when your next script wins or uh, when this is made into a <laughs> show. All right. Awesome. Thank you. One, two, three, four, five, six.